Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to another episode of Building the Cooperative Classroom with me, as always, Senor Aaron Fleming. Buenos dias! And Mr. Derek Swistak. Uh, guten Morgen, or guten Abend. This is good, my friend. Or, or guten Nachten. Ah, very good. Course, of course, I am Adam Rubicek. And today, we are going to take a deep dive into some of those students that may not be on the same page as the rest of the class with regards to cooperative learning. We could call them our reluctant cooperators. Sometimes it's just not happening for, for particular students. And we're going to give you uh, some tips and tricks and, and maybe some structures that you can put in place in your classroom to uh, make sure everybody is adopting that we sink or swim together mindset. Uh, I think uh, we're going to start with Aaron. I know he had some thoughts on the matter in our uh, pre, pre-podcast meeting here. So take it away, senor. What? I, I've never had any student be reluctant to cooperate. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, of course, it's hard. It's hard to get every student to work together. I mean, you know, when we're talking about our, our classrooms full of adolescents, of course, it's hard. But I think that the first place that I would go is, is feedback. It, we give academic feedback all the time to ensure that students are, are learning the academic content. And, you know, we feel good about that. You know, so, you know, in my world language classroom, I can give, you know, feedback to students to make them better writers or to make them better speakers of Spanish, you know, whatever skill I'm working on. So we have to do the same thing with all of the social skills. We have to really give feedback on the social skills. And without that feedback, the students who are reluctant, they're never going to get better if we don't give them that feedback. And I know that we've talked about that feedback, you know, back back a few episodes ago when we talked you know, when we talk through our, our series on social skills, but um, I, I would say, I, I think the feedback starts with making sure that we're consistent in giving and uh, not just our academic target each day, but also our social skill target. And then as you make that purposeful walk, again, it's not, I'm just going to let them work out there and then I'm just going to stand over here and just kind of do this or do that. No, I'm going to make that purposeful walk through my classroom. And let's just say today's skill is just simply contributing ideas to the group. So I want to make sure that I hear everybody contributing an idea. As I walk through and I purposefully walk through this group over here to my left, I can say, hey, that was really nice. I heard all three of you contributing your ideas. It's exactly what we want today. That feedback lets them know that's the desired behavior. And all of the groups around can hear that as well. And even as I get through onto the next group, and maybe I see that two of them aren't participating, maybe as they see me coming, you know, you get that robotic, oh, well, this is what I think and even though it's robotic there in the very beginning, um, as I continue to walk through the room in my purpose, purposeful walk, they're going to be more and more comfortable with sharing those ideas. So I think it starts with, uh, with feedback. Um, Derek, Adam, what do you think about that feedback piece? I, I think that's a, uh, that's a great point with 
those robotic responses when they see you, the teacher walking past and, you know, maybe, maybe they're less than authentic um, in, in their uh, contributions and that's okay. Um, while it's not ideal, it's not what we really want. Just the fact that the students are participating, they are giving us something and we're going to go ahead and we're going to praise that. We are going to encourage that behavior um, because eventually those robotic responses become a little more natural. Those uh, forced forced responses become um, spontaneous and the students are looking to get a rise out of you, the teacher sometimes, but if we don't give it to them and if we don't, we don't take the bait, I think that that is sending, that is sending a very direct message to the students, whatever you're willing to give us at this point is uh, it's a good start. Yeah. I, I think you both brought up some really good points about um, interconnectedness. Um, but I think even before then, you know, you need to make sure that you provide a safe environment for the kids, a, a place where they know that their uh, contributions are um, welcomed by not just their peers, but also by you. Um, and some of that, as you both pointed out, comes through modeling, comes through moving around the classroom. Um, some of them, some of that comes through wanting them to take an active role in their classroom as well, um, so that they feel connected to you, so that they feel connected to the environment, and so that they feel connected to one another. I think that's very true. And I, I think I actually saw, saw that really really come out with students this past year during virtual teaching, you know, I, I really saw the hesitancy, um, you know, with students just making it a, an error. You know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, constantly telling students, Hey, it, this is, this is the place where you can take a risk because there's, we're talking about putting in a verb. We're talking about putting in words together. Like this is, this is low risk. So, you know, Derek, you're right. When we create that environment where kids do feel like they can take those chances and, you know, that they do belong to a community of learners that, you know, they, they can be themselves and be wrong in front of that's, that, uh, that's huge for sure. I think the next thing, and, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, maybe philosophically going down the line from what you say there, Derek, is I think it's important to make sure that students know the why. You know, why, why are we sitting, why when they walk into my classroom are their desks in pods of three, whereas they might walk into another room and they're in rows? Well, why is it that way? And I think the more and more that we can share with our students, look, research study after research study, and I'm sure Adam um, could, could pull 10 out of his hat tonight. Um, um, when, we when we tell students the why, that when students work together, uh, they learn more, period. We have to show them the why, explain to them the why, give them the proof in the why. And I think what you're speaking to is a sense of purpose. And the, and the purpose um, there becomes our, our why. When, when we're in classrooms, um, teachers need to constantly talk through why we're learning the way that we're learning and, you know, what skills we're practicing and where those skills translate um, when they get out of school. Like, why might you want to get better at this? You know, we're here for a certain amount of time. What are some things that we want to get better at? Some of that may be putting it back on the students and saying, like when we talked about social skills in our previous podcast, what are some social skills that you would like to get better at? What are some things that you think, hey, you know what, I'm not, I, I struggle with paraphrasing. 
um, I struggle with, you know, making certain kinds of statements and what are those skills that I, I or that we as a classroom um, find valuable. And that gets back to your, your point of developing an environment in which students are safe to have those conversations and in which they're safe to share, because that's, that's a very, that, that puts a student in a very vulnerable position to say, here's something I'm not very good at and I need help and I need all of your help. And over time, you can build that. But how do we establish that from the beginning? How do we establish that this is our classroom and these are the things that we're going to do so that when we do get to the academic work, we've already set the, the cooperative foundation. I think to some of those early classroom building, culture building activities that you can do. I know, you know setting up a classroom constitution or, or, or working on you know, some of the class rules together, those are ways that we can, we can build those structures. But you know, what are some other things that we can do to make sure that students know that this is a place where it's okay to put yourself out there a little bit? Part of that probably comes through assessment too, is like not always having assessments that value just one right answer, um, being thoughtful about critical thinking skills and not looking to just one specific um, quote unquote right answer. Um, that, that, that requires a lot of forethought on, on teachers' parts. Um, it also requires student, uh, students to want to contribute towards the assessment. Um, having teachers, uh, I just saw a class recently where a teacher was using some of the student work to actually assess and, and talking through like what, what we want, how are these things different from one another, doing compare contrast on that and really valuing student work um, really, really can make a big difference. In addition to that, I think focusing on process and not product in a lot of cases, that as you said, that there's not just one right answer, but there can be many different paths to that answer. And we're going to value the way that your brain works and the way that you think through things. And the way that you, your teacher taught you last year is just as good as the way that, that, um, that you figured out on your own. And so making sure that all, all answers are embraced and all ideas are, are respected. Not only us as the teachers saying what you're contributing is a good thing, um, but making sure the other students truly believe that and uh, vocalize that as well. I hate to interrupt this conversation, uh, but we do want, I, I think this is going to be longer than a one episode uh, discussion. So I'm going to pause it right there and we can pick up our reluctant cooperators next week. Um, but until then, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.